Yeah, boy. It's my first time you ever let me hit the button. Yeah, boy. That's right. You didn't. You didn't have to creep in. <laughs> yeah. Usually, I just steal it. That's right. Hey, what's up going on? This is the Connect Podcast, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Matt Manning, and uh, we have a really fun show today. We've been watching a lot of Disney Plus, um, as many of you, I'm sure, are out there. And so, uh, you know, we had WandaVision, there is the Winter Soldier, and the other guy, what was that called? Falcon. Oh, wait, the no. Falcon Winter and the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. No, no, no. Winter Soldier and... Uh and kept what, what wasn't was it, it falcon in oh, the winter soldier you're right you're right yeah, that's yeah. What it was. and uh but also one of the most recently ones that we saw is loki yeah so if you um, haven't watched it today we're gonna ruin it that's right we're gonna ruin it for you today but uh i so pause right now pause if you're listening and you haven't seen it pause steal your mom's disney plus code and go watch loki there if you, you haven't seen it yet but uh yeah we're gonna get into that do you have uh how do you select a show that you, like do you when you're watching shows, is that something you do with, with Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, my family. Y- your family? Yeah. Is it, do you guys watch shows on your own, or is it always as a family? Typically always as a family. Okay. Yeah, we... Uh, yeah, well, we your kids are old enough now that you can watch stuff together. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we spend time watching uh, shows typically together. There's not a lot of shows that Daniel we watch. Daniel Tiger? Yeah. Do we, <laughs> we don't do a lot of Daniel yeah. Tiger in what my What is the show anymore? that you hated? Oh, uh, the Wiggles. The Wiggles. Yeah, yeah. yeah I could still sing all the songs. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. But we'll, yeah, we'll save that for next time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we uh, we typically watch shows together as a family. There's uh, not too many shows that we watch on our own. Although I'm a huge Justified fan. Okay. And so I do watch Justified on my day off. That's part of my day off routine is yeah. to watch an episode of Justified. Gotcha. And because that that season it's over, right? Oh so yeah, it's been over. Yeah. So this is your your like rewatch for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. Uh, so uh, Christian and I, I mean, we watch stuff with our kids too, uh, especially the Marvel stuff. We've been watching it with them, and it's kind of funny because uh, even if they say like, "Oh my." Yeah. G-O-D, you yeah. know, especially Enoch is like, ah, oh, he said a bad word. Yeah. And we're like, that's right. People are going to say those words. We just have to choose not to say those words, you know? Right. So it's kind of teaching moments. And I don't know if we're corrupting their brains too early or not, but we're watching them together anyway. Yeah, we do that. Uh, we do that as well. And so like on the rotation right now is uh, the Marvel Disney Plus uh, things. Uh, Mandalorian. Yes. That's that's big. Uh, the Chosen. Yes, where we've got into the Chosen and we started watching that. So my middle son, Cademan, really loves the Chosen, yeah. and we've uh, really liked it too. We showed our kids just the the kid one, yeah, the one where he brings all the kids in and they play, and yeah. uh, we thought they would really like that one. It was a lot of fun. That was like the third episode of first something season, something like I that, think. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, those are those are basically the, yeah. the TV that we watch outside of, you know, sports. Mm-hmm. If if Dad's interested in a, sport do you have to your go to? Like uh, I think I've seen the meme that says. Uh, my night is scrolling through Netflix and then watching The Office. Nice. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look. Ah, we'll just watch The Office. Yeah. No, we um, yeah. You know, I, we don't watch a lot of TV outside of like, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm old school. Mm-hmm. Like, there's appointment TV, and so when, you know, WandaVision came out, that was every Friday was we were gonna watch it. Appointment because if, TV. Yeah, because that's if, good. If we didn't watch Did it, you on coin Friday, that? No, no, no. That's like an old term. Old. Yeah, okay. It's an old term. Appointment TV. Yeah, so you would make an appointment to watch it, and that's yes. only when you know you could only watch something at seven p.m. or whatever. You, like, yep. you had to make an appointment. That was for before it. TiVo. That was before TiVo. Yeah, and now Disney is 
Plus and Netflix to a degree yep. is trying to bring us back to that. And they're doing a brilliant job because if I didn't watch WandaVision on Friday, you or Tim would ruin it for me. That's probably true. On Saturday. So yep. it was like, that was yep. the unspoken rule among as us. As soon as it's over, we, we, we text you what, how it ended. Yeah, particularly on Saturday. And so <laughs> like there was still Saturday to watch it. Otherwise it was, yeah, yeah you weren't gonna, you weren't gonna get it. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we put stuff in our queue too. I, we like movies too. I, you like movies I as do. well, uh, and so and sometimes Christiana and I like once we can get everybody to bed, it's nice to watch something on our own where it's just us. Um, but we like to watch stuff with the kids as, as well. So it, it's nice that they're old enough that uh, we can watch things. That that's kind of what we say. It's you guys can pick, but you have to pick something that doesn't annoy me. Yes, you know that, that's yeah. the rule. Yeah, Sarah and I used to do that, like put the kids to bed and watch a movie. But now mm-hmm. my kids are, you know teens yeah and so they stay up all the time so there is no hey mom and dad let's go watch a movie right you know yeah everyone goes to bed kind of at the same time we we actually watched a really fun movie last night called instant family have you seen that yes uh with marky mark yes oh that's so good that's the one where they adopt yeah they foster oh my goodness every person in the history of the world should watch that movie absolutely such a beautiful picture of adoption and foster care and all that oh man so we're we've plunged in uh, to foster care. Yeah. And so we have these three kids and it's like, we've seen the movie in the past yeah. and we're going through these things. And I keep getting like these visions of the movie because we're actually living it out. And it's so accurate. It's scary. Yeah. Um, how, 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 and we even had like, there's this one scene where uh, they're sitting together in the bedroom and they're talking about, man, this is crazy. Remember what our life was like before and how calm it was. And they're like, uh, talking about what it would be like to not have these kids anymore, but then they they come to the conclusion of, well, we can't do that. That's yeah. never going to happen. Like like we're in this now, you yeah. know. And so uh, certainly we've had those kind of come to Jesus moments of, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Are, are we you know are are we supposed to be doing this? But then we're like, we have to, man. These kids need it, and they need us, and and we probably need them a little bit too. Yeah, you know. So it, it's good. Anyway, that was a total rabbit trail. Oh man, but that's that's worth going down. That's Instant worth going down. Is, yeah, yeah, it's worth watching. Yeah. So so watch that. So I know that you and I uh, both recently watched Loki. Yes, it was amazing. Yes, great. I loved it. There was only one episode that I hated. But then in the end, I realized why it needed to happen. Um, but, uh, and it was super short too. How many, was it six? Six, yeah. Like, that's crazy to me that they only had six episodes. Yeah. Uh, but hey, they get to do what they want to do. That's right. So they keep winning. They keep winning, yeah. So uh, you've obviously watched the whole thing. I have. Um, I've watched the whole thing. What were some of your highlights of things that you liked? And what were some of the things that you're like, that's stupid? I don't like it at yeah, all. Yeah, I think, you know, part of what this podcast is all about today with Loki is one of the things that I really liked is they uh, dealt with uh, time mm-hmm. from a faith point of view. Yeah. And I know we're going to jump into that, but that was such an attractive thing for me. Anytime that... Do you think they did that on purpose? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I actually, after the first episode, I looked at my wife and I said, they have a theologian on staff. Yeah. Like they got it too, too close to Christian belief. Yeah. Uh, in some of these issues, not to have someone who they were referencing in that space. Yeah. And so um, anytime a TV show treats faith well... Yeah, or at least interestingly, mm-hmm. uh, like that's a hook for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that was a big part of Loki. Uh, I really, uh, it was so intriguing the way that they handled um, time mm-hmm. in that space, 
And I love anything about time. Yeah. Like Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Sorry, really I, I didn't great. mean to cut you off, but uh, I loved Interstellar because it totally ruined Star Wars for me. Okay. Because, because he's traveling, right? Yeah. And they're traveling. Like if you go at the speed of light, that means you're traveling at a different rate of time. Yep. So by the time they get to the Death Star, it's already gone. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> because there you of go. time, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Am I well, am I reading inter- into that right? In the interstellar's rules, yeah. That's the yeah. thing with time movies, right? Is that everyone has their own set of rules, and yeah. will they? But that's based off of Einstein, yeah, and his relative time, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and how time moves differently, and yeah. which I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand sense. it? I yeah, I get it. I've never experienced it to know if it's true or right, not. Right, because but, we can't go fast enough. Right. But it, it makes sense to me if if time is relevant to how fast light is traveling then time would change. Yeah. I don't one, know. One of the other things yeah. I... <laughs> we are all over the place. We are. That's cool. Bringing us back. One yes. of the things I really so loved Loki. about Loki, yeah, is that there was, you know, in all the movies, and I've been a big Marvel fan, is there was this character arc of Loki where he becomes um, a genuine, uh, I wouldn't call him a hero, mm-hmm. uh, but... Uh, Part of the group? Yeah, a genuine... Um, he wasn't even a good guy. I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Like, like there was redeeming qualities to, to Loki. By the end, he was he was redeemable. Is the way that I would yeah. say it. And so it was interesting because the TV show Loki begins with him still being bad, mm-hmm. and none of that character arc had happened that makes him redeemable. Right. And over the course of the six episodes, uh, Loki went down the same path and became redeemable again mm-hmm. uh, in the end. And so that was that was a super cool thing. Uh, I also liked him. Uh, learning to love himself, mm-hmm. uh, but they did it so weird. <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how to catch oh, yeah. that in my mind. Yeah, where he falls really in love weird. with himself. Yeah. Um, but the analogy there of of where he finally accepts himself and the great line at that the was very, always conf- that was confusing to me. Like, yeah, you can have the essence of Loki, but in a different body. Yeah. That that seemed weird to me. There was a lot of different. Yeah. Yeah. It's the multiverse, man. There's. But I didn't realize. I realized. So in, in my idea of the multiverse, right? Yeah. If it's me. I have opportunities to make choice, right? Yes. So I can choose to be here or I could choose to stay home today, but I chose to be here. And so in our world, in our timeline, you know, here I am. But if I would have made a different choice, I would still be at home. And so that's the multiverse in my mind, but it's still me. It's just me making different choices. It's yeah. not me in a different bodily form. True. But then all those choices that other people take, uh, that yeah. other people make right like yeah. this is back to the future uh-huh. what if mom and dad make a divergent choice where they don't marry each other but marry somebody mm-hmm. else does jared exist right right and, absolutely and that was my other thought too is so down the timeline the people aren't even the same anymore yeah in different timelines exactly so that's, that's why you essence. have different bodies okay yeah, I get that's it. where you have the essence yeah okay and i just to be, to i be just honest. argued myself out of my own <laughs> argument and to be honest multiverse like it gets so complicated so fast. Like yeah. that's usually where I check out of things. That's so, why they'd use the '80s technology just to show the little lines going right. off <laughs> to help us idiots uh-huh. figure this that's out. Right. Yeah. So yeah, when multiverse starts to happen in anything, it's like I'm out. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it anymore. So I'm trying to hang on because yeah. I love Marvel, but we'll see what yeah. happens. This I always thought about like possible worlds, um, and when I was taking philosophy in college, um, I always thought that was really cool and and. It, you're right. Like Loki plays into this because I had this thought in college, you know, that God knows all possible worlds. Like he knows what choices I'm going to make before I make them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he probably knows, hey, if you could. 
and the convolutedness of of everybody making choice, right? He knows all possible worlds, and somehow it's all coming to the same head. Yeah, yeah. Which Loki calls the void. <laughs> yeah, and well, that was that was part of Loki that really is uh, so interesting to that we're talking about today, right? Is all of the theological uh, pieces mm-hmm. of Loki that made it in that really, um, you know, we have to wrestle with in our own, absolutely in our own space. Yeah. And so like one of those things that was so apparent from the very beginning was like the, the total depravity picture and total depravity for those who don't know is that we're all sinners. We're all going to choose sin. Like mm-hmm. that's just who we are. And, um, Morpheus, right? That's his name, mm-hmm. Morpheus. From and Matrix? No, not what was his... Oh. Uh, no, and Loki, what's the guy's name? Uh, Owen Wilson's character. Oh, man, I can't think of it. It was a different name. I don't Started think... It wasn't, it wasn't... It wasn't... Started with an M. It wasn't Morpheus. Here, you Whatever keep, it is. You keep talking, I'm going to find you look out. That up. Anyways, they're having the conversation, right? And like, there's this moment where Loki realizes that like, he was, he's always going to be bad. Like, like there's always going to be... Um, so Mobius. Mobius. I was so close. Yeah. Uh, I'm like Morpheus. Yeah. Mobius. I was really close. It, so you that, were close. That there was so much, um, you know, that that he was, he was depraved. Like that's yeah. that's what he was. It's, it, it was it was his character that was always going to happen. Yeah. And he, you saw that like sink in into his space of like, man, I am totally depraved in that space. And I just thought it was a beautiful picture of um, I don't think what we opt ultimately see, like if we were able to see out our whole life, mm-hmm. right, played out before us, like certainly there would be the good, but I think that the bad would mm-hmm. stick to us, um, all those sinful moments in our life, and we would look back and there would be no argument of whether like, hey, you know, we're yeah. all good people. It would be like, no, look at the decisions that you've made over and over again in your life. The human depravity. Yeah, the human depravity mm-hmm. of your life. And when that scene, it's in the first episode where, where he sees that, Mm-hmm. And just the way that they depicted the emotion of that space was just, mm-hmm. it was, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was good. So the one episode that I didn't like was episode three, I think. And that's when he follows the other Loki. What's her name? Uh, Sophie. Sophie. So he follows her and they go into like the future. Yeah. Uh, and to a, a time when like a world or a planet is being destroyed. I just thought that was that the end of the world. It was, it was the was, end of yeah. That was, oh, it was the end that of was Earth. The end, end of world. Yeah. Okay. So I was I couldn't tell if it was Earth or if they somehow went to a different planet or yeah. what was going on. But that when I watched that episode, I, like the whole thing went down, and I'm like, that was a terrible episode. I thought it was really boring, and I didn't yeah. think a lot of stuff happened, and they were just kind of, I don't know. But then I, I mean, I understand the need for it. I just felt like that particular episode was lacking. Yeah. For me. Um, and then I also didn't like that one of the essences of Loki was a crocodile. I'm like, that's so <laughs> stupid. Like, I I can understand Sophie and the other guys, but come on, the crocodile. Why? Was, I think that was them playing on their on their comic book spaces, right? Like comic books, you have to suspend some belief, and there's some uh, uh, campiness mm-hmm. in comic books. Yeah, and I think you know because you had like Joker. Loki show up in that, you know, uh-huh. the president. And then you had, uh, yeah, you had all these different versions of of Loki. I mean, and I get like, like Guardians of the Galaxy have, what's his name? That Rocket is, Raccoon. Yeah, Rocket, who who's able to talk yeah. and, and he's kind of like an alien creature. Yeah. So I could get that, but it was like he was a crocodile that could interact, but he can't actually talk. I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm just like. It was just the campiness of comics, man. It was just a little too much for me. Yeah. But outside of that stuff, I loved uh, the play on time as well. I think that you brought up when we were we were talking before the show today about eternal time versus chronological time. Yeah. Um, and how they play on uh, on that. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about your thoughts on that. Oh, man, yeah. The way that they depicted time was so biblical. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I could say it. So in the Bible, we have two types of, of time. We have chronos, which is chronological time. That's days, minutes, months, years. Mm-hmm. And then we have kairos, which is defined really by opportunity. And uh, the Greek word actually was personified in a god. And the god had this little ponytail on the front of his face and he ran around in gold shoes and he carried around gold uh, bags. And if you could catch Kairos, if you would catch him, uh, then wealth would be yours. That was the Greek personification of understanding. And so when it comes to uh, the understanding of Kairos, we think of it as like opportunity that there are these, these moments, you know, that pass and that, um, that in heaven Kairos is kind of the way that it rules, not Kronos. Mm-hmm. So, um, outside of time. Outside of time, yeah. So it's why, uh, you know, God can see uh, the cross of Jesus and why he can give visions to John about the end of time, of end of time, right? Is because he's above time. He's, he showed John the void. He showed John the void. That's it, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the way that they handled that in the, uh, in the series yeah. where, you know, chronology is happening, mm-hmm. people are living out, uh, but the timekeepers can jump into any moment for the opportunity that they need mm-hmm. in that space, to right? To fix something, to fix that something broke. or yeah, whatever yeah. that looks like. And so, just to set it up for anybody who maybe hasn't seen it, um, again, spoiler alert. But basically, there is this thing that they call the sacred timeline, and so it is making sure that everything happens and choices happen on the sacred timeline. And if anybody makes a choice out of free will. To divert from that timeline, the timekeepers will go to that moment, arrest the divergent person, and then uh, cancel, like erase that that fork um, of that timeline, so that everything stays on that sacred timeline moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And so, so there you go. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was really it was really wild. One of the things I thought that I'd just ask you uh, in one of the episodes, they had this kind of twisted quote that was pretty interesting oh, yeah. where um, uh, one of the main characters said, I can't offer you salvation. It was Mobius. Mobius. Yeah. I can't offer you salvation, but maybe I can offer you something better. Yeah. It was, it's kind of this like twisted play on, on faith. I just, thought, yeah. I yeah. It, what you thought about when that. I, I know when he first said it, it was almost cringeworthy. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know for sure what you mean by that. Yeah. Like what's better than salvation. Um, and, uh, I still don't think that I fully understand what he's trying to say there because even what he's offering him to be able to help with the missions and stuff like that, it's still kind of a form of salvation, right? Absolutely. So he, uh, you know, trying to get away from that determinism uh, that is his destiny to be bad is actually trying to work with his character to be good and to make good good positive changes like to me i mean that's that's like a salvation through works as opposed to a salvation through grace yeah. um but yeah it was kind of cringeworthy when i heard it yeah what was so fascinating to me about it is um i think that's like a prominent worldview um that people have mm-hmm. 
you know, like, like there's this thing of salvation that God offers to us, right, through Jesus in that. But it's like we're looking for something more. We're looking for something better mm-hmm. than what, mm-hmm. what Jesus has to like, offer. Like, that's great. Yeah. But what else you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. thing. And, and I think that, you know, with that being the prominent worldview and the way that it made it into this TV show— for you and I in this like cringe mode, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. but we're both pastors. Sure. And I think that for most of the world, like when he said that, it's like, there's something that resonates there yeah. that goes, yeah, that's yeah. actually what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like, I don't want to just be saved. I want above and beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, what else? Yeah. What else can you give me? Yeah. Um, Which I know- is kind of interesting, you know, when the disciples, this, I just came to my mind. Um, after Jesus tells them they're going to die, like he's going to die, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to go across and die. And then the very next scene is they're fighting over who's going to be the greatest. Yeah. Right? It's like, hey, salvation's not quite enough. Like yeah. we're looking yeah. for more. Hey, Jesus, can you can you just make the promise yeah. that I'll be sitting on your right hand? Mm-hmm. Like when we get up there, like, yeah, yeah. like I'll be your right hand guy, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I the, Another interesting thing that happened with Loki is that you had these sacred timekeepers that um, it's these three like alien type beings that are, are supposedly... Uh, making sure that the sacred timeline stays sacred. Yeah. Right? Um, and in one of the episodes uh, towards, I don't know, I think it's like five maybe, four or five, um, they make it into the room where these guys are and they find out that they're just a front, like they're robots. They're not actually... Yeah, androids. Yeah, they're androids who are, there's somebody else behind the curtain, you know, Wizard of Oz style, um, actually controlling things. And um, I'm just... Thinking, I, I think that you you described it as this veil is being removed. Um, is is that is that the scene you were talking about? Uh, yeah, the darkness. Uh, what happens when the veil of darkness is re is removed? Mm-hmm. I think is um, kind of the uh, the bigger piece that oversees Loki. Right? Is like like Loki's eyes are being opened mm-hmm. um, to the world in which he's a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, forever Loki thought that that the world that he was in, you know, that everything kind of revolved around him mm-hmm. and it's just ongoing. And then all of a sudden, uh, with almost every episode, something's revealed to him where this veil of darkness is removed from him and he sees a grander picture of what's going on, you know, all the mm-hmm. way up until the very end of the series uh, in that space. And, um, and in a way for us uh, that we look with this, well, maybe I'll say it this way that I think that's why revelation is so important in mm-hmm. the scriptures because it gives us a picture of, of the end, right. Mm-hmm. Of, of the veil being pulled back and us being able to see life for what it is in that space. And I thought that they depicted it so well in Loki that, that his eyes are constantly being opened. The, the veil of darkness is constantly being removed mm-hmm. and he's seeing what is yeah. beyond himself for the first yeah. time. So, uh, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. And uh, there are, so we all have our theology, right? Theology is our, our, our understanding and knowing of, of who God is and how yep. he operates, right? Yep. And so uh, there are different views, especially when it comes to time, uh, theologically, yeah. um, about how God operates uh, within our, within both, uh, I can't remember the Greek words that you just said, but both chronological time and... Uh, Kairos. And yeah, Kronos eternal time, and Kairos, yep, right. So these they're both happening simultaneously. It's not like I mean for us anyway. They're both happening simultaneously. I mean God is outside of that. So I yeah. I can't speak for God, but for <laughs> us, it's kind of mind blowing when yeah, we start to it, think. It of really is. What does it look like to be outside of time? Yes, we don't have a 
We don't have a category for that. Yes. And so the question is, uh, is God the sacred timekeeper that is making sure that everything is going according to plan, or do we have choice? Do we have free will? Um, are we able to uh, make choices on our own, and then God is still, you know, kind of like a shepherd, bringing those things in line with where it needs to go? Yes. Or does God just know how it's going to end because he's outside of chronological time anyway? Yeah. And so when it, when he prophesies about Jesus, he can he already knows how it's going to play out, and so it's really easy to tell whoever you any prophet that you want hey this is what's going to happen because i've already seen it yeah like he's not saying i think this is what i i know will happen he's saying i know it's going to happen because it's actually already happened for me yeah um anyway mind-blowing stuff but there's different theologies around that that i kind of wanted to break into a little bit and these are words that people may or may not have heard before but um there's calvinism uh, and then there's Arminianism, uh-huh. and then there's blends of of all of those, right? And so um, they're just different theological viewpoints. And so I have some basic definitions here yeah. um, that I'm just going to read, um, just so that uh, it can set the platform for us. So we have Calvinism is uh, a Protestant theological system of John Calvin. John Calvin's the one who who kind of started this thinking process, um, and his successors. Uh, It develops Luther's doctrine of justification by faith alone and emphasizes the grace of God and the doctrine of predestination. So uh, Calvinist is someone that says God is making all the choices. He is the sacred timeline keeper. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, to a degree. To a degree. Yeah, I can explain. We'll, 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 we'll divide, yep. dive, dive more into that in just a second. So then Arminians, uh, Arminius taught that uh, Calvinist predestination and unconditional election made God the author of evil. Instead, Arminius insisted that God's election was an election of believers and therefore was conditioned, conditioned on faith. Uh, furthermore, uh, God's exhaustive foreknowledge did not require a doctrine of determinism. Mm-hmm. That's a whole lot of stuff it is. that feels like uh, I can just imagine someone's listening to this like, what the did you just say? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? right. Uh, so uh, let's start with Calvinism. Maybe you can unravel that a little bit um, and uh, help help the layman understand what is it that I just read. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's two theological beliefs in that. And I think that a lot of it sets off, at least at the beginning, uh, the understanding of free will. So from an Arminian standpoint, free will is libertarian. It's, it's, uh, you have libertarian free will, which means that um, given a choice, that I have an equal opportunity to make choice A or choice B. That would be uh, what that looks like. From a Calvinistic standpoint, uh, Calvinism would say that you are always going to choose according to your nature. So, um, for example, if uh, I gave you the choice of, uh, I'll just ask you the question, what's your favorite ice cream to eat? Today? Yes. Rocky Road. Rocky Road ice cream. Mm-hmm. So if I was to present you um, with a peach ice cream and a Rocky Road ice cream, mm-hmm. um, an Arminian view would say that you have an equal chance of choosing peach as you do Rocky Road. Mm-hmm. Calvinist would say, nope. You're going to choose according to your nature, mm-hmm. and your nature is Rocky Road every time mm-hmm. in that space. And so when it comes to the idea of libertarian free will, it's that's often— peach sucks. Yeah, that's right. So that's where, <laughs> that's, where the two, that's where the two theologies 
begin to diverge in that space is how do you handle free will? I like that we keep recycling these words. Yes. It's really fun. Continue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, where does where do you land on those in that space? Because mm -hmm. ultimately the way that you land in that will determine which road you start to go down. Mm -hmm. So if you go down the, the Calvinistic road that says that I'm always going to choose according to my nature, then from a theological standpoint, you are evil. Mm -hmm. You are sinful, that your very nature is sinful. And the only way that you're ever going to be pulled out of that sin is not to be presented another choice, right? Are you going to choose good or sin in this space? You're always going to choose sin. You're always going to choose Rocky Road mm -hmm. in that space. And so the only way to bring you out of that is to save you in a dramatic way where you see the light of God in such a way that you could not choose any other way. Mm -hmm. That would be where Calvinism goes. Mm -hmm. With Arminianism, they say, hey, no, you got an equal choice. You can choose Peach or Rocky Road. You can choose good or bad in any day. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, when you see Jesus, when you see the salvation of God that you have within your capacity not to choose to go against your nature and to actually choose God mm -hmm. and vice versa in Arminianism, you also have the equal opportunity to go one day, I'm not really following you, God, anymore. I'm going to go my mm -hmm. own way and mm -hmm. choose sin again. So that mm -hmm. would be the basic yeah I mean, yeah. that's yeah a it's, real simplification of right. calvinism and arminianism right but, yeah it gets um, it gets deeper and deeper the more you investigate yeah um i know for me when i think about arminianism and i think about calvinism uh, i feel like feelers yeah tend to go towards arminianism Ar arminian yeah and thinkers tend to go towards calvinism Maybe so. Would you agree with that? I would say that's probably, um, yeah. I would, I would say, say tendencies. Fair, I'd say that's not a hundred percent, but I'd say that's a fair stereotype. Because yeah. Calvinism is really based on logic. Yes. And so you know, sometimes in the theological world, you hear, "I'm a three-point Calvinism." Well, there's no, that's illogical, uh -huh. right? Like five-point tulip. Yeah, the tulip, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at that, um, the logic of it builds on itself in that space. And so when it comes to to um, understanding Calvinism, uh, it is really a, a logic space that's building on one another where Arminianism, because of its freeness, mm -hmm. uh, is based on, uh, it's, it's more all over the place, if you will. Absolutely. The interesting thing is whether you're talking about Calvinism or Arminianism, uh, both of them believe in total depravity. Mm -hmm. Both of them believe that people are inherently sinful mm -hmm. in that space. Uh, then how does salvation take place in your life? That's where it starts to differ. Can you choose to be something different than what you are, or um, will you always choose to, according to your nature? Right. Yeah, I think um, to me it's when you get into to scriptures that talk about predestination and that God chose, mm -hmm. um, I think that that's where Calvinism can come across as harsh, um, where uh, God is actually deciding what your character is. And so he is deciding for you, um, whether you are going to choose him or not. Um, yeah. But really, it's not you choosing him, it's him choosing you. Yeah. And we as people uh, just are kind of going along with whatever God predetermines yeah. for us to do. Where Arminians would say, uh, God wants all to come and to know him, but then we actually have the choice to respond to that or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, I think that the way that you stated the Calvinist argument is mm -hmm. the typical kind of negative side of Calvinism. Mm -hmm. I think that the way that like a Calvinist would speak to it would say that um, none of us are deserving of mercy. Mm -hmm. None of us are deserving of grace. Let me say it that way. 
that none of us are deserving of grace. And the greatest act of mercy is that he lifts some out, mm -hmm. right? From an American point of view and a Western point of view, like if it's not fair, then it's not worth doing mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so um, that's the way that we often uh, kind of look at it from Calvinist, uh, Calvinist standpoint as Western thinkers is going, um, uh, you know, God's choosing a few mm -hmm. to save a few. How um, unfair that is when really fair is that all deserve death, mm -hmm. which is what we're getting. And a few are chosen out to mm -hmm. receive mercy in that space. Um, I think with the... And that doesn't feel unfair? It does. It totally feels <laughs> unfair from a standpoint that we should all deserve. Mm -hmm. If we, if fairness is getting what we all deserve, yeah. and this is the line that I use with my kids all the time. My kids always say, um, it's not fair, dad. This isn't fair. You know, uh -huh. Theo's getting treated different than me or whatever. This is not fair. And I just always tell them, and they'll recite this to you if you mm -hmm. ask them. Um, I'll say, well, good thing for you, fair ended in the Garden of Eden. Uh -huh. Because if we got what was fair, then we would all be dead. Yeah. Right? And so mercy is that mm -hmm. we actually don't get what we deserve. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, that's where the uh, Calvinist argument stands in that space, mm -hmm. is that we're all deserving of death. Sure. A few of us, um, or more than a few, yeah. but particular people are chosen yeah. to see mercy. Sure. And, and I think I'm there. I think you can feel though, right? From the feeler side, that feels like, well, yeah, we all deserve death, but how come God only chooses some to save? Yeah, that's not fair. Right. That doesn't, you know, and so that's what, <laughs> right. and so it, it yeah, feels absolutely. like, man, that that's harsh or that's mean or what a, what an angry God that would be, or what a not nice God that would be. Like if God is loving, how can he, why would he create someone knowingly? I'm just creating you to go to hell. Yeah. Like that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and, I mean, that's, I'm just, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm playing the advocate here. Yeah. Um, and then I think on the Arminian side, right, when it comes to the Arminian side, the understanding of that is that um, God wants to see all come, mm -hmm. right? John three sixteen. Yes. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the elect. Yes, the world, right, in that <laughs> space. And so um, so the way that they, the way that the Arminian um, yes. uh, tries to understand God loving the world is that then we all have to have the choice to be able to mm -hmm. choose him or not. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that that's, um, that uh, Calvinism is approaching it from the same standpoint. Mm -hmm. What Calvinism is saying, going back to the way that we understand free will, is Calvinistic argument says that you do have the choice and you're always going to choose mm -hmm. against God. The Arminian says, you got a chance to choose God or not. Mm -hmm. um, the Calvinist says, you're always going to choose against God, but God's going to give some the opportunity um, to pull them out regardless of that, of that decision, where the Arminius says um, you have an equal opportunity to, to choose mm -hmm. God or not to choose yeah. God in that space. Well, so said that the interesting thing about Arminium and Calvinism mm -hmm. is that most Arminiists become Calvinists at the end because uh, everybody wants to believe in the perseverance of the saints, uh -huh. that once you're saved, you're, you're always saved, that you sure. don't lose your salvation. Uh -huh. And so even, I mean, so most people who would go on the Arminius side mm -hmm. still want to hold to the preservation, the preservation yeah. of the saints because they don't want to lose their salvation. The once saved, always saved. Yeah, once saved, always saved. Yeah, um, you know, and so that's the that's kind of the interesting sure. thing. And, and for some of the Calvinists, that's why they go three points is because they go well, when it comes to the Arminian argument of God loves the whole world, everybody has an opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, Yes, mm -hmm. you know, and so and Peter, where, where the, he says he doesn't want anyone to perish. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, and I think 
Oh man, you were saying something there that I, I wanted to talk back to. Um, what were you saying just a second ago? Well, I was talking about Calvinism and Arminianism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, it had something to do with, oh yeah. Uh, I, so when it comes to losing your salvation, yes. um, I don't know. I don't know about losing your salvation as much as so what there's a scripture I, I this is just off the top of my head I don't have it off reference but basically the the, unfor, the unforgivable sin uh yeah in Hebrews chapter 6 yes where it says uh basically to the degree I'm I'm going to butcher this because I don't have it memorized but basically to the degree of um you know if I reject God like basically I say God I don't want you like God's not going to force himself upon you Right. Right. Um, so even if I if I know the truth, if I've been saved, and then I get to a place a place where I say, um, I don't want God. I don't like this God. I want nothing to do with Him. I don't think that God drags you into eternity with Him kicking and screaming. Oh, absolutely. You know. Um, I, I guess the argument to that would be, oh well, then you were never really saved. Yeah. Could be the argument. Um, but even if you had a genuine heart conversion, um, so I don't know. It, it all. Yeah. But just to, that depends on what, what timeline you're on. So, <laughs> Well, I think it looks at a lot of that that you're speaking to there has to do with forgiveness. Uh-huh. And I think that there is a, um, uh, when we read Romans 1, this is so in, informative for us, that the statement is, is that God gave them over to their desires, mm-hmm. right? That, that at the bottom of the, at the end of the day, the giving over to what one wants, right? God gave them over to that. And that that's sin. That's, I mean, God's giving them over to the sinful desires that they want in that space. That's, they want him more than, mm-hmm. or they want sin more than they want God. And so I think that that's like really informative to us of how God doesn't bring anybody kicking and screaming yeah, yeah. into the kingdom. Yeah. That ultimately the desires of our heart, mm-hmm. um, what we want, God allows us mm-hmm. to have yeah. in that space. And Uh, That's scary Mm -hmm. in that space. And if you look at the beginning of Romans chapter 1, when it goes to uh, the beginning of sin, was refusing to honor God or give thanks to him. Mm -hmm. Like that's a huge, important verse of for all of us to go, man, what does it look like to to honor God? Because Mm -hmm. to not honor God is the beginning of sin. And then Mm -hmm. to fail to give him thanks. Right. And so many of my prayers begin with thanksgiving. I teach my kids uh, to be thankful because mm-hmm. it's like, um, if that's the beginning of a wayward spiral away from God, um, is when we fail to acknowledge the goodness that he resides yeah. in, whether you're an Arminian or a Calvinist. Sure. Yeah. And I think that, uh, kind of bringing this to, a, uh, a bit of a close, we, we could talk about, there's so much yes. we could talk about here. Um, and, and, uh, the reality is, is that um, I love the analogy that you often give of of kind of where we stand at, at, at crossroads would be, uh, you know, open-handed and closed-fisted things, you know, yep. when it comes to our theology. Um, I think one of uh, my biggest fears is turning into a modern-day Pharisee, mm-hmm. um, where the Pharisees were so certain that they knew everything and that they were right. Yeah. Um, and then Jesus goes, well, actually, you yep. know. And so uh, I think sometimes, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful that we're saved by Jesus. We're saved by grace. Yeah. We're not saved by perfect theology, right? God's mm-hmm. not God's not waiting at the end with a, a pop quiz, yeah. you know, to to make sure that your theology is a hundred percent right. Um, however, there are aspects of it that we need to have right. You know, who is Jesus? You know, and so I love that open-handed, close, 
fisted analogy of the things yeah. that we say. You, if you don't believe Jesus is the Son of God and He is the way, the truth, and the life, then that you know that's close fisted. We're not. Yeah. That's not arguable. Yeah, that's um, worth fighting over. I always yes. think of like the fist. Like that makes we're ready sense. to fight over yeah, yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And what you said is, is there's just a few things that we're willing to to hold on to in that space. Everything else is open handed for mm-hmm. us, including this conversation about Correct. Arminianism yeah. and Calvinism. Um, and so I, I we're think still through, believers think, yeah. who love one another yeah. and want the best and want to serve God. And yeah. His, so I'm just know. like thinking of the, there's six pastors that I have in my mind right now. And two of the pastors are, um, very far on the right side of when it comes to Calvinism and their theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, two pastors are very far on the side of Arminianism. And then the two pastors I'm thinking of kind of float in the middle and haven't made a decision yet. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> How come you're looking at me when <laughs> you say right. that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever know. Yeah. No, you would be one in the middle. Yeah. And so, um, who's my friend of, Who's your friend sitting in the middle? Uh-huh. Oh, Chris, totally. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of thought, well, I thought he could have been one or the other. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's where, uh, yeah, that all kinds of live, yeah. kind of lives. And so, um, yeah. And we're all mm-hmm. friends. We mm-hmm. all serve on the same staff. Mm-hmm. Um, we preach together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in those moments where those issues may clash, uh, there's a conversation that's had of, of how do we present this in a way that, um, makes sense for people so that they see the glory of Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and not mm-hmm. the fight of sure. theology. I try to hold some of that stuff loosely too because I think that God, who's the Father, right? Yeah. God the Father is looking at his children and going, you guys are cute, Yeah. but you really got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and so uh, I just think, uh, thank goodness for God and his grace and uh, mm-hmm. his willingness to, to work with us, yeah. uh, regardless of how we approach it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so that's good. So thank you, Loki, for opening up all of this thought conversation. and conversation and time. And it j- it's a beautiful thing. If you seriously, if you haven't seen it, you got to figure out a way it's, it's six episodes. Uh, it ends really well. I won't yep. give I won't spoil the ending, but the ending really leaves it, uh, for a fun opening for a season two. Yep. Um, but lots of really, really good things. Matt, thank you so much for, right. for being willing to dive into all this stuff. And uh, be here. the shenanigans. The shenanigans Love it. begin. That's right.